Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. On that note, if you want to donate, if you donate $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and From John to Justin, and on social media. If you donate $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by you with your name at the start. It's also stated it's sponsored by you on social media. If you donate $20, you get everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you and promotion of something you're working on. And if you donate $50, you get everything from the $5, $10, and $20, plus you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. You can also donate at buymeacupofcoffee slash craigu, and all of these links will be in my show notes. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok, where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to Bairdo37. And if you like, you can find weekly videos about Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash canadianhistoryx. You can also find transcripts of every episode I've ever done on my website. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. The world was at war, and Canada was heading towards one of the most divisive and troubled times in its history. It was in that situation that Canada would receive a new Governor-General after the departure of the Duke of Connaught. This time, the Governor-General was a man by the name of Victor Christian William Cavendish, the ninth Duke of Devonshire. And throughout this episode, I will refer to him as Cavendish. Born on May 31st, 1868 in London to Lord Edward Cavendish and Emma Lachelles, Cavendish, like all governors general so far, grew up in luxury. He would be educated at Edson College and then transferred to Cambridge on May 30th, 1887. At Cambridge, he would be initiated into the Isaac Newton University Lodge and he served part-time in the Derbyshire Yeomanry, where he became a second lieutenant in 1890. A decade later, he was promoted to major. In 1891, just before he graduated from Cambridge, his father died, and Cavendish ran for a seat in the British Parliament. He would win his seat, becoming the youngest member of the House of Commons at the time. On July 30, 1892, he would marry Lady Evelyn Petty Fitzmaurice, and if that name sounds familiar, it's because her father, Henry Petty Fitzmaurice, was also Governor General of Canada from 1883 to 1888. Together, the couple would have seven children, the last of which died in 1987. 
In his political career, which lasted 17 years, Cavendish served in a wide variety of portfolios, including Treasury of the Household and Financial Secretary to the Treasury. After his uncle passed away in 1908, Cavendish became the new Duke of Devonshire, and he could no longer hold his seat in the House of Commons, as he now had to have a seat in the House of Lords. For the next eight years, he held various positions including Conservative Chief Whip, Government Chief Whip, and Civil Lord of the Admiralty. On August 8, 1916, he was appointed as the new Governor-General of Canada, coming to the country during a very chaotic time for the nation. Cavendish had only found out that he was being considered for the post a few days before the Battle of the Somme began on July 1, 1916. He would write in his diary what his father-in-law, the former Governor-General, had said of the past, quote, a good many attractions, but at the same time, many difficulties. End quote. Cavendish was actually the second choice for the position, after Prince Alexander of Tech, but he was serving in France at the time and was unwilling to leave the front. Cavendish gave some consideration to refusing the post, but his father-in-law convinced him to take it. Cavendish's wife would write to his aunt, quote, I never dreamt Victor would accept and frankly was horrified when he went out to refuse and came home having accepted. End quote. Almost as soon as he was appointed, there was already controversy. This was because British Prime Minister H.H. H. Asquith put forward Cavendish as his recommendation as Governor-General to King George V. Canadian Prime Minister Robert Borden was not consulted at all over the matter, even though that was the practice of the time. Borden was naturally insulted by this, and it would impact the relationship between Cavendish and Borden at first. On November 11, 1916, Cavendish was sworn in as the Governor-General. Coming to Canada, the family had to ride on a British warship due to the danger of German U-boats patrolling the ocean waters. Upon arriving in Halifax, there was no, quote, thunder of fort and fleet, end quote. In fact, the ship arrived silently in the harbour on a cloudy and chilly day. Even with the quiet arrival, the streets from the pier to the provincial building were lined with troops. A guard of honour of three officers and 100 soldiers escorted the family as the 66th Princess Louise Fusiliers band played for them. Maclean's would write of Cavendish, stating, quote, He had the figure and appearance of a strong artisan with the brevity and courtesy of a king and the jolly sense of fun of a Falstaff. He gave a great wheezy guffaw at all the right things and was possessed of endless wisdom, end quote. His first public appearance would be in Ottawa on November 21, 1916, when he inspected an overseas battalion. Despite how he was appointed, without consultation with Borden, the Prime Minister would warmly greet them at Rideau Hall once the Governor-General and his family arrived. Women's suffrage was growing in popularity in the country, and socialist changes were happening in the Canadian prairies. Along with this, the country was deeply divided over the issue of conscription, with English Canada supporting it, but French Canada firmly against it. On the advice of Borden, Cavendish introduced conscription to the country, and this would fracture the country, and the division would last for decades, well into the 1990s and the Quebec separatist movement. After the Halifax explosion decimated Halifax on December 6, 1917, Cavendish toured the shattered city. He would meet with the survivors of the explosion and the women of the Voluntary Aid Detachment. Cavendish would send a thank you to President Woodrow Wilson for his help with the rescue efforts amid the Halifax explosion. He would state, quote, We recognize in it and in the generous offers of assistance to the stricken city of Halifax, which have been received from many quarters of the United States, 
a further proof of that community of feeling which unites the two people in a bond of mutual sympathy and interest. End quote. With his visit to Halifax, he and his wife were met by General Benson and Lieutenant Colonel F. McKay, who escorted them to the devastated areas of Halifax and various hospitals and shelters that had been set up. They also brought with them boxes of flowers that were presented to the patients of various hospitals. Upon arriving at a ruined home in the center of the ruins, they were emotionally impacted by the sight of a child's cot in a baby carriage. The Duchess would be moved to tears over the sight. At Camp Hill, Cavendish gave a five-year-old boy a large flower. The child was playing with a toy frog and asked if his frog could have a flower as well, and he was given a second flower. Cavendish and his wife would also attempt to speak with and shake hands with all of the patients at the various hospitals they visited. After Canada achieved a victory at Vimy Ridge, Cavendish used the victory to encourage reconciliation between French and English Canada, something he was mostly unsuccessful at. Cavendish would spend much of his time helping various organizations during the war, including the Canadian Patriotic Fund, the Canadian Red Cross, and the Boy Scouts of Canada, of which he was the chief scout. Throughout his time as Governor General, Cavendish also did his best to consult with not only the Prime Minister, but the official opposition in the House of Commons. Cavendish also took a strong interest in the lives of Canadians, and he would travel throughout the country. He focused heavily on the development of farming in Western Canada and would often attend agricultural fairs while also discussing agricultural issues with farmers. In his speeches, he would often speak of Canada being a world leader in agriculture and agricultural research. At a banquet at the Canada Club in 1916, he would say, quote, Imperial statesmen will have to provide a system by which the great self-governing dominions of the empire will be able to work out their own destinies in the light of what were their responsibilities to the empire as a whole. Quote. Cavendish was also a lover of the arts and would often host theatre performances at Rideau Hall and he would frequently visit the National Gallery. Unlike other governors general though, he was not interested in sports and preferred shooting to anything involving skating, hockey or football. Cavendish would eventually receive an honorary degree from McGill University in 1916 during his first tour of Quebec. He would say during his speech, quote, Whatever the cost to this generation, we are determined it shall be carried on until such a peace is secured that future generations may be proud and grateful of the part we are taking in it. End quote. On November 3, 1917, his daughter Maud became the first daughter of the Governor General to be married in Ottawa when she married Harold Macmillan, an aide de camp of Cavendish. The reception would take place at Rideau Hall. It was also in 1917 that Cavendish presided over the modest ceremonies in Ottawa to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Confederation, which he described as, quote, quite dignified and appropriate to the occasion in wartime, end quote. On November 5, 1917, Cavendish would visit the former home of Dr. Alexander Graham Bell, where the first transmission of the human voice happened in 1874. The two men spoke as a memorial was unveiled to honor the home's place in history. In 1918, Cavendish traveled to Washington to meet President Woodrow Wilson. That year, he participated in no fewer than 70 public functions across Canada. This included on June 29th when he reviewed a United States Infantry Battalion that was in the process of heading overseas. At one point, while in Peace River, Alberta, at a banquet, Cavendish was finishing the first course when a man came up to him and whispered in his ear, quote, Hang on to your fork, Duke. There's pie coming up. End quote. Cavendish, who was always a jovial man, laughed and kept a firm grip on his fork. 
1919, the Governor General hosted Prince Edward, the Prince of Wales, during his tour of Canada. In 1920, Borden was exhausted from serving as Prime Minister throughout the entire war, and he was looking to resign. He wanted to choose a successor, but did not know how to choose as his caucus was highly fractured due to the conscription crisis. Cavendish would write on July 1, 1920, that Borden had asked each faction in his party who should be the first and second choice for who should be the next leader. Cavendish would state in his diary that Sir William Thomas White received the most votes. White was too exhausted himself from being Minister of Finance, and he refused the position. On July 7th, Borden came to Rideau Hall to see Cavendish, and he brought with him Arthur Meehan. The next day at Cavendish's office on Parliament Hill, Meehan became the new Prime Minister of Canada. Both Cavendish and Meehan got along well, and worked closely throughout the past few years. Then, Cavendish's time as Governor-General would come to an end on August 2nd, 1921. As is seen with other Governors-General, he was very sad to be leaving Ottawa. He would write, quote, It was really horrid, and I could hardly help breaking down, very unhappy to see the end of Ottawa, end quote. Interestingly, Cavendish was the last Governor-General to maintain an entirely British household during his stay in Canada. He was also the last Governor-General to be appointed without consultation with the Canadian government. During his time in Canada, Cavendish would donate the Devonshire Cup, which is given to the champion of the Canadian Senior Golf Association. And while Borden and Cavendish got off to a rough start initially, by the end of his tenure the two would be friends. Borden would say of Cavendish, quote, No Governor-General has come with a more comprehensive grasp of public questions as they touch not only this country and the United Kingdom, but the whole empire, end quote. Borden would eventually try to push for Cavendish to have another term as Governor-General, but he was told that was impossible. On August 3, 1921, Cavendish would say of Canada that it had a bright future and the brightest prospect of a country not affected by bad trade that other parts of the world were dealing with. And for the next few years, Cavendish worked for the League of Nations and then became the Secretary of State for the Colonies. It was in that position he opposed Lord Delamere, who wanted self-government for the white settlers in Kenya. Cavendish would campaign to protect the interests of the Africans who lived there. He would write the Devonshire White Paper in 1923, which is the reason Kenya did not develop into an apartheid state like was seen in South Africa. Of course, that doesn't mean he was welcoming to all races. In June 1924, he was speaking in London, stating that Canada did not want a Slavic or Eastern European immigrants. He would state, quote, What Canada wants is English, Norwegian, and Scottish people, end quote. He would add they made the best immigrants and that Canada should have a selective immigration policy. On April 12, 1925, Cavendish suffered a severe stroke that would change him. His biographer wrote he was changed from, quote, a calm, impassive, and patient man into, at best, a morose, invalid, and at worst, a ferocious bully, end quote. The Ottawa Journal reported of a stroke, quote, the Duke spent a good night, however, and his condition today was declared to be satisfactory. End quote. After the stroke, Cavendish stopped speaking directly to his wife. Instead, he relayed messages by means of her secretary. And Cavendish would then pass away on May 6, 1938. The Ottawa Citizen wrote of him, quote, He was a big, stolid man, a lover of country life, and admirer of the days when men rode like gentlemen in coaches rather than like crashing cads and foul stinking motor cars, end quote. 
It should be pointed out that Cavendish absolutely hated automobiles. The Windsor Star would stay, quote, His grace was not a colorful individual. The qualities he possessed were those of sincerity, friendliness, and a deep devotion to duty. Canada will remember the Duke as an unassuming, sincere man who devoted himself to aiding Dominion in the carrying out of his war responsibilities, and one who was interested in all philanthropic works, radiating friendliness to people of all classes. End quote. Vincent Massey, the man who would become Canada's first Canadian born Governor General, would say of the death of Cavendish, quote, Canadians will learn of the death of the Duke of Devonshire with the greatest regret. His Governor Generalship of the Dominion coincided with the latter days of the war and the early days of peace. When Canada turned her energies from the conflict to the great task of civil reestablishment. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at Victor Cavendish. Next week, we're looking at a very important Governor General and one who would have a massive impact on Canada, Lord Bing. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. And you can donate to the podcast by going to canadaehx.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Keelan Pregnitz. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobbs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseeth, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Maclean's Biography, Library and Archives Canada, Wikipedia, Winnipeg Free Press Farmer, Ottawa Journal, Ottawa Citizen, Edmonton Journal, Victoria Daily Times, Halifax Evening Mail, and the Kingston British Wig. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.